Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means, and the other two aren't here. We are busy with our outside lives, so but we have this interview we want to release, and so we're going to give it to you right now. And so, sorry for that. Hopefully, you've been watching Feltner, Welker, and Belayed doing their thing. Rio Ruiz out there making his name out there doing his thing. Um, just a lot of things happening. The bullpen isn't bullpenning right now, and the road rocks are the home rocks, but on the road, I don't know. You've been watching. You know what's going on. Pretty crazy stuff, but hopefully the three of us can get together soon and get you the end of the season. Right now, the Rockies are on shooting for 500. Pretty pretty crazy to think about that the Rockies are eight games under 500 and have a shot at it. They won't get it, but it's there. So anyway, with that said, here is a banter session with Rockies farmhand Grant Levine shares what it means to be a Fantastic hitter, his approach at the plate, what he's working on, um, what it was being like being recruited out of high school. Just a really fun interview, very fun conversation. Um, go ahead and listen to this as you get ready for the Fresno Grizzlies and the Spokane Indians playoff push. They're both in the playoffs for their respective divisions and have a solid shot of winning it. Fresno's in the one seed spot, best record in all in their division. And Spokane, half a game left behind so closely in that first one. So a lot of good things happening in the minor leagues. So go ahead and just add another great thing to it with the Grant Levine banter session. As always, find more content on the link in the bio or blakesyourbanter.com or our link tree and follow along with us, share us uh, with us and um, go rocks in Fresno Grizzlies and the Spokane Indians. Woo! Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other three are just along for the ride. Kirk, say what's up. What's up? James, say hi. Hey. And we are joined by Spokane Indians first baseman Grant Levine today. How you doing, Grant? Good. How about you? We're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, just happy to be here and talking ball. So first things off, well, I guess we have two things we can talk about. Congratulations on your promotion last week. Thank you. I appreciate it. And happy birthday in like two weeks since I won't be able to talk to you. So, yeah. thank you. <laughs> uh, tell, can you walk us through the uh, call up and how like that works? Cause you were doing your thing down in Fresno with the baby, baby bears down there, which is just a fantastic team to watch right now. And then you right. got that call up probably, I'm assuming, pretty much a week ago. Like, mm -hmm. walk us through that. What was that like? How did you get the call? Who'd you talk to? All that. Um, so, Pretty much how it went as like it was a Sunday game and I wasn't playing that day, so just kinda went through the game on the bench just watching uh us play Lake Elsinore and after the game was over I just kinda went to my locker and started like packing up my stuff because we we're heading back home to Fresno. And then uh our manager Robinson Kinsell called me into his office and just with all the coaches it kinda just they let me know, they're like, hey, we're going to send you to Spokane. And just kind of went through kind of each coach saying what I, how they thought I did and kind of went on from there. What's your initial, like, emotion when you feel like that? Are you just, like, are you excited or are you just focused on what you got to do next or what's going on in your head? I'd say it's, like, a combination. I'm, like, excited to go up there and 
get to the next level, but also trying to stay focused and continue what worked for me in Fresno. What are, what are some, you, yeah, what are you working on right now? Great minds. Yeah, so hitting-wise, I think always the biggest thing is trying to stay adjustable at the plate, cover multiple speeds. And, I mean, this past series we played the Mariners, and we could see it through both levels, even when we played them in, like, Fresno against Modesto. They like to throw a lot of, like, sliders and change-ups. And it can get easy to – like get off the fastball, but for me, it's always making sure I'm ready to hit the fastball and then be able to adjust to the sliders or the change-ups and curveballs. What's the scouting like? Um, I mean, are you guys having daily meetings about what to expect, or is it just kind of a free-for-all? Um, kind of, yeah, I mean, you can get um, some information. I think you can get, like, percentages of, like, what the pitcher throws um based on the hitters of so right-handed hitters you can see if he's primarily fastball and then what's his other pitch he likes to go to um for lefties kind of same thing usually it's probably change up and then the slider but um yeah we kind of get some video and then get some information on his pitches it's probably a really silly question but What's your favorite pitch to hit? Ooh, fastball. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, but is that just because they go farther, or just you're ready <laughs> for it, so you know? Yeah, I'd say I'm just always geared up for one, so I'm always on time for that pitch. That's, I mean, for me, it's probably the easier pitch to hit right now. Right. Right. Um, so what tips do you have for a 30-ish year old playing old man ball who can't hit an outside pitch at all but to save his life? I'm speaking for Kirk as I ask this question. Uh, just how do how do how does one grow his hitting ability? Like um, what adjustments does he need to make? So like for me, I like going to the opposite field is one of my strengths. So I basically start almost every like BP or batting practice going starting off opposite field, just trying to hit like line drives over the shortstop's head. And that for me is just trying to let the ball travel a little bit, not trying to get it too more too far out front. So once I can do that consistently, I'll move on to like center field and right and then go to right center. But um I think the biggest thing is if you want to go opposite field is making sure that you're not opening your front shoulder too quick trying to stay closed as long as possible that way your barrel doesn't come out of the zone too quick that makes sense Kurt yeah but I'm gonna <laughs> translate that in my game this weekend so <laughs> send you updates Grant all right what what would you say like some of your biggest adjustments have been just from every level of pro ball so far like obviously when you got to pro ball probably an enormous adjustment and then what what do you see on these lower levels as you're bouncing around mm. so let's say my first year injunction um and obviously coming from high school i didn't really see anything above like 87 i mean obviously i played in like um 
showcases and with like the area codes and East Coast Pro where I saw good arms. But after high school, I hadn't seen anything like that quick in a while. So I mean, I think the biggest thing is just you always have to get ready on time, be ready for the fastball. And then from there, you kind of had to like adjust a little bit to the off speed. But I think most of the time with the off speed and like rookie balls, they're not consistently landing it for strikes. So you got this, I'd be a little bit more patient at the plate. And then when I went to like Asheville, I mean, we saw a lot of really good arms there. And I just didn't really, wasn't really getting loaded on time. I was always getting beat by the fastball and just had trouble, you know, going to my pull side a little bit. And so like this power, what I worked on for this coming year in Fresno is just making sure I was always getting loaded and getting to the position I want to swing from on time. That way I could get to the fastball and then be able to adjust to the other pitches. So, so you were making those adjustments in real time. So that would probably, cause like you said, that was, you didn't ever see any talent like that before Asheville. And like, especially you coming straight from high school, straight to mm-hmm. pro ball, you never had that college transition, that ability to kind of figure it out before you're thrown into the fire. Yeah. I mean, we faced in Asheville, we faced like the Yankees and they had like four arms that were like 96, 90 to 99 with good off speed. So that was probably like the first time I've ever seen like those kind of arms. You were like 19 at the time, right? Yeah. Like, so 19 trying to hit 97 for the first time might be a little difficult, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so then, uh, so you had 2020, you were on the, were you on at the alternative site? No. So I was just at home, but they, um, we had like weekly Zoom calls and they'd give us stuff that they want us to work on. We had like meetings that they would like, what our strengths were and like weaknesses and how we want to attack those. And working on that. So did you just get your brother outside and like play wiffle ball in the backyard or like, how did you work on that stuff? So me and my brother would always pretty much work out together. So we'd basically like start the morning off. We go do like a lift at a facility that was like 10 minutes away. And then we actually had a cage in our backyard with like a machine. So we'd go through like a routine off the tee and then go front toss and then go to the machine to kind of do some work off that, whether it be like fastball or curveball and slider stuff. And then we'd wait until a little bit later when my dad would get back from work and we go to like a, our high school field, which was pretty close. And we do like defensive work, whether it be like ground balls or picks at first, that kind of stuff. So that'd be kind of pretty much my day. And most of that was probably done before 11 o'clock, before Ezekiel was out of bed, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so New Hampshire, you're like one of three active players. Like there are only three active players in the major league from New Hampshire. Uh, what was it like being scouted up there? Did you just go to a bunch of like tournaments? You mentioned a few things that you did earlier, but mm-hmm. I just – no offense, but New Hampshire isn't like producing ball players all the time. 
So like, I yeah. feel like it'd be harder to get seen out there. Um, how did you get seen? How did you get drafted? Uh, get to this point of being that? Yeah. So let's say it first kind of started when I was a rising junior. I kind of played in a event called the East Coast Pro where there's like six teams, I believe, and they're all handpicked from scouts or area scouts from obviously in the Northeast for us. And then I think there's like a Florida team, a North Carolina, South Carolina team, and then like a Georgia and like Alabama team. But there's a couple more. Mm-hmm. And we all play against each other and we face a bunch of like really good arms. I remember the first time I went, I think my first at bat was versus Mackenzie Gore. Oh. And I was like, damn, this guy's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we faced a bunch of arms. That was my first experience with like a scouting event. And then I followed up the next year, did same event, and then did also did the area codes. And I did pretty well in both of those. So I think that kind of put me on the map. And then after those events, during the fall, I did Jupiter, which is another like big scouting event where a lot of like, it's mostly like your travel team you go with. Okay. And then you'll play like other teams, but that's like the event where like scouts are all on the golf carts and they just drive to whatever whatever game they want to and watch. <laughs> but I did so first. The first follow up well. question to that: You took Mackenzie deep, right? No, I think he. Uh, I think I either grinded out the second, but I think it was a good AB. I remember. <laughs> that's a W. Yeah. But, yeah, I did good in the uh, Jupiter tournament. And then after that, kind of during, like, the winter, you'll have, like, some scouts, like, visit your house and, like, come and check in, do, like, some, like, Q&A stuff. And then the high school season came. And I think our, we did, like, a scrimmage versus Avon Old Farms. And they, at the time – I don't know if you've probably heard of his name. They actually had two pretty good guys in high school. Ryan Cusick, I think he went first round to the Braves this year. And they had uh, Hudson Haskins, who went, like, I think 39 to the Orioles in 2019 or 2019. And so that was, like, a big matchup. So there was, like, a I want to say probably 20 to 30 scouts there. And that's when I kind of knew that there was a lot of to be a lot of like scouts watching me that spring. Mm-hmm. Is that surreal for you? Like as a 16, 17, 18 year old, like you see these big dogs watching you like that? Yeah, I think it was surreal because like when I got up for my first AB, you know, you walk up and I usually like to like take a deep breath and look at my bat. And I was like looking at my bat, I just saw like all these cameras just pop up just all along the third base like fence. And I was like, Oh geez. <laughs> That's kind of what I knew. Pretty hard to concentrate in that environment. I imagine. Yeah. I mean, it took like, you, know, you get like super nervous for the first AB, but after that, I was kind of more relaxed. It becomes just the norm for you that summer. Yeah. yeah you just get used to it. Right. Was college ever an option? 
What was that? Was college ever an option for you? Yeah, I mean, we had uh, my family and agent talked about it, and we know that there was a point where if we didn't get what we want, I mean, I was willing to go to Wake Forest and play there for three years. Mm-hmm. That been I really, I really liked Wake, and I thought with their, um, they had a lot of like facilities that were coming along, and they had just like a new locker room, and it was really, I thought it would be a good situation for me to go to if the draft didn't work out. <clears throat> what was like the number? That like if you were like the 60th pick, 70th pick, like that's when you go to Wake. Did you have one of those in mind? Was it like if the Phillies draft me, I'm not going? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think it was like maybe like if I went later than like the third, I was probably going to go to Wake. I think that's what the situation was kind of. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, top two rounds, I was like, I'm going to go and sign. But – if that didn't happen, I was definitely willing to go to Wake and play. I don't know why Aaron's got to pick on the Phillies like that, but. Yeah, it's the <laughs> Phillies. <laughs> I like the Phillies. Uh, Grant, so you mentioned, you know, hitting the fastballs, you know, your favorite pitch to hit, but what part of your game are you really prideful about kind of the most? I mean, you walk at a really good clip. You um, hit to the opposite field pretty good. Um, you play defense. I mean, what what part of your game are you most prideful about? Uh, I would say probably like my hit ability and the combination with like that and my approach. Like, I want to be able to. I think you know what you see in a lot of nowadays is kind of like the shift, and I don't want to be one of those guys that people shift on like I know I can use the whole field and if they do I'm gonna try to beat it so because I can drive the ball to left center to right center and then approach wise like I like to try to like if I get to two strikes try to make it hard be a really hard out for the pitcher like try to foul off as many pitches or work the deep counts and try to work for a walk that's possible yeah so going off of the the discipline I mean what's what is your approach is it just come down to pitch recognition I mean what's what's some tips you have for for more discipline Mm, yeah I'd say pitch recognition is probably one of my strong suits that helps my discipline at the plate so as a hitter you try to look I mean this might sound like silly but if you try to hunt the middle of the zone and like if you see like a slider start in the middle chances are it's gonna finish out of the zone so it just comes down to like ability to you know read the pitches and if you see a slider or curveball up you gotta be ready to try to bang that pitch (laughs) (laughs) love that yeah you make it sound really easy but uh (laughs) definitely not an easy feat for sure the entire time you were explaining that, I was thinking, would this translate to MLB the show? Because I am atrocious <laughs> at that. So maybe if I start middle and start working on pitch recognition, I might be successful there. Well, we were, uh, I remember in Fresno, we had like one of our uh, pitching coordinators in, and he was doing like a presentation about like pitch tunneling. And then after that presentation, I tried it on MLB the show, and 
had like 16 Ks with Edward Cabrera. So. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to do that. We learned about uh, pitch tunneling from Weatherly a few weeks ago. So, oh, yeah. I, again, he probably explains it a lot better, but I remember <laughs> after that meeting, I was like, all right, I'm trying this out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I might, I might bust open the ps4 today but he had he had diagrams and everything whether they oh, were really? teacher yeah he was he was teaching wow. some things um what do you so i don't think this is anything new to you defense has been one of your biggest knocks on you um mm -hmm. what is it that you're working on over at first base because i mean as rocky fans at the beginning we've been blessed with andres galarraga todd helton mm -hmm. like that gold caliber first base stuff so what are you doing to get up to that point yeah so i do been working on a lot of things at first base since first game of the pro ball and one of the biggest things has been like my first step at first trying to get good reads on balls put in play at first so whether it be need to go charge in and get one or take a drop step and go back um i think one of the biggest areas i've probably improved in is like my footwork around the bag and be able to pick balls around the bag and be reliable to my teammates that they don't always need to make like a great throw the first. They just, if they can get it there, I can pick it or do something where it doesn't have to be right at the chest. Giving, yeah, giving them some confidence in you over there. What yeah, is, there you what's, go. There you go. What's something, um, what's something a coach told you that just kind of like, oh, that makes sense while working at first base? Um, I'd probably say, you know, when you're at the bag, like starting in like a low athletic position, I think that's probably like been like the biggest thing that's helped me that, I mean, starting low and then working from the ground up, especially since, you know, you don't, you kind of want to, like what they told me is like you kind of want to expect a bad throw. That way, if you're expecting it, it makes it a lot easier. And then when you get the good throw, it's just here, catch it. So I'd probably say like starting a low F like position, just like trying to expect a bad throw. That way, if you do get it, it just becomes easy. That makes what sense. about your first step? Your first step, is that directly towards – the ball, the direction that the ball is coming, or what are you thinking on your first step? So I've kind of usually I just did like a little like walk in as the pitch was coming, or as the pitcher was throwing the ball to the plate. Now I kind of do like a walk in, and then I do a little bit of like a jump, kind of like I'm trying to think like Pedroia. I don't know if you guys ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like he did like a kind of a little bit of jump, and then after that he got into like a position where you could kind of go anywhere so I think that's what I found what works best for me to you know be able to move wherever I need to go sometimes I'd feel like I'd get like stuck just doing the walk-in and couldn't make like a quick first step yeah we uh we saw Pedroia in a world series unfortunately <laughs> well, I was a Red Sox fan growing up so <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask that because, yeah, you have to be out in New Hampshire, right? Yeah. And I remember that. I actually think, because growing up, 
I think um, some of my family got married in Denver, and we actually went to a Rockies game. I, I forget who they were playing. It might have been the Red Sox, but I think we sat out in the right field bleachers or something. I forget, but I, mean, I remember going to a Rockies game when I was like, I think seven or eight a while ago. And yeah, that, that's cool. Did you have that kind of going back to your childhood? So was that kind of cool, like when you were drafted, like, oh, cool, I get to go play at that field I watched when I was seven, or did that even register? Oh, it actually registered. I remember like, going there, and I was like, dang, it's weird how that works. Like, I went there when I was younger, and then that team drafts me. Did you uh, go to any other stadiums? Um, let's see. I've gone to like Wrigley, um, Yankee Stadium. I'm trying to think of the other ones. But Colorado was like the the one as a child, and here you are being drafted by them. Oh yeah. You kind of the the baseball gods are doing their thing. I don't. Yeah. Did you, I mean speaking of Weatherly? Did you hear his draft story? Do no. You, so he was saying that he he's. I was having a draft party in Michigan and one of the ladies that was working the draft party, she was wearing a mask that was a Colorado Rockies mask. And this was way before he was drafted or I mean, before he was drafted, then it turns out literally like an hour or two later, he was drafted by the Colorado Rockies. Dang, so that's wild. baseball gods, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, do you keep every Jersey from each one of your stops? Like, I've always wanted to ask that. Like, do you have an Asheville tourist? Do you have a Grand Junction Rockies, like, in your closet? Uh, so we don't get to keep the jerseys um, from what? Grand Junction or Asheville. Um, I think I think in Lancaster, they did get to keep them because they got, like, their names on the back. But um, I don't think we'll be able to get, like, the Spokane one either. Be honest. So I, I think I have one from Junction. It was like a, I forget what night. There was like some sort of, um, what you call it? I forget. It was like um, mental awareness night or something like that. So I had a bunch of like lime green on the jersey. I have that one. I actually do have the Pioneer League All Star Game jersey. That one's pretty cool. Yeah. But I only have a couple. How about Fresno? Did you just put that one in your bag when you left or what? Uh, <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really have much to put it in. <laughs> As you, you're a big dude, 6'4", 220, 230. Uh, but you're over here hitting triples and stolen bases. Have you just always been fast or what's it like being fast and big? Is that something you've been working on? Um, I'd say like I definitely have some speed for my size. I think as far as like the stolen bases go, I think pitchers just kind of like see me on first and I like don't really like acknowledge. They're like, oh, it's just a big guy. He's not really going to do anything. So they kind of just – don't really pay attention they don't care about like 
how quick they are to home play and that kind of stuff. So, and depending on the pitcher, like sometimes they'll try to take advantage of that and try to help out the hitter at home play, get a guy in scoring position. You're sneaky. You're sneaky fast over there. They don't even don't even recognize you. <laughs> is is that a goal for you? Like to have like ten stolen bases or twenty stolen bases a season? Is that even what are some of your goals? Let's go to that. Like, what are some of your goals that you set for yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, as far as I don't for hitting, I think as far as I don't do too many like statistical goals. It's more like I guess analytical goals, like. For, we have a bunch of like stuff that after every month we'll go over with our hitting coordinator. And for me, like one of them was like hard hit balls. So like any ball like 95 plus is considered a hard hit. Mm-hmm. And so for me, uh, trying to improve that from 2019 was one of the things I wanted to improve on. And so just trying to improve like my amount of hard contact was one of my goals. And then I think another one was trying to be like disciplined. So you got like chase rate, trying to keep that as low as possible and then keep the, my um, strikeouts pretty close with my walks. Like I don't want, I think there's like a ratio that we try to keep it here. I think it's like 2.5. So for every two and a half strikeouts, you get a walk. So trying to keep that along, kind of like in junction where I had like, more walks and strikeouts. That's something I kind of strive to have or keep it close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, OBP, I mean, we were just having a group conversation about that. Like OBP is super important, like getting on base and being able to mm-hmm. do power along with it is definitely a good attribute, especially as a first baseman. So it's cool that you guys are also <laughs> those analytics. Go Kurt. Well, especially in today's game where it's strikeout or home run, if you mm-hmm. can get somebody that's putting the ball in play, you know, even if you if you pride yourself in going opposite field, you know, that's perfect for like a two-hole hitter, just moving a guy mm-hmm. over. That's kind of a lost art nowadays, it seems. Yeah, I'd say definitely I like being like an OPB or OPP guy. Just trying to get on base and obviously – doing whatever it helps the team win. So, I mean, for me, I just – one of the things I hate is just striking out that bugs me. But, <laughs> obviously, you can't – it's going to happen, but you try to avoid as much as possible. Yeah, of course. Where do you like to hit in the lineup? First, second, third, fourth? Um, I like fourth or fifth. I mean – Either one of those, you know, you get guys in scoring position a good amount. So I'd say I like driving guys in. So either fourth or fifth, I think you get a lot of opportunity to drive some guys in, in at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense with your talents and your abilities. Um, we're coming up on that half hour mark. So we'll finish with some uh, fun questions. We like to do this with a few of the guys. Usually I go to the college websites and see like what get to know you questions they were asked. Obviously yeah. we'll have that ability for you. So you're going to answer them here. We will be your college website right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
what is just your basic favorite food? Um, I think probably tacos, to be honest. Tacos. Are you a are you a sushi guy now that you're up in in Spokane? It's probably some good um, good seafood up there. Yeah, to be honest, I've only had actually had sushi maybe like a couple times in my life. Probably well, that's that's a good good spot to get into it. So. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I have to try it sometime soon. Yeah, wake up to bar and go have lunch. That's some sushi joint. Um, <laughs> what is your um, what is your biggest childhood moment? Uh, something that just stands out to you, like from your childhood. Um, I mean, probably baseball. When I was in Little League, I hit five homers in a game, so probably. That's probably the biggest standout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would do it. It would that be like your biggest baseball game as a child? Like you, where you just dominated all the way through? Yeah, I mean, I think that game was pretty I mean, crazy. I think I hit for the home run cycle. So I had like a solo shot, two run, three run, and a grand slam. <laughs> how do they how do they pitch to you on the fifth time? I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, it was already like, I think twenty something to like two, so oh. I think they're kind of just letting me hit. <laughs> <laughs> was it on a three zero ball, three zero count? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if it was. Um, last one. We have some footage. There's going to be taking me way too much work to bring it up. But you hit a walk-off dinger in Fresno probably about a month ago. What I'm you have to remember that, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Can you walk us through like <laughs> going up up to the batter's box, what it was like when you hit it, and then the end when your your players just mobbed you at home? Yeah, so I remember so Tobar just hit like a double down the right field line. And we scored a run on that one. I think we scored Diaz. And as I was walking to the play, I remember pitcher in the mound is a fastball slider guy. He only had two pitches. So, and like that whole series, like Rancho is this first pitch of the ABs. They're just throwing me like changeups or sliders. And so I had a pretty good idea. I was like, all right, if this pitch isn't a little bit up in the zone, I'm going to take it. And so first pitch was a slider down dirt. And so I was like, all right, I'm getting geared up for a fastball here. He's got to come to me. And next pitch fastball, just barely under it. So I knew I was like, I was right on that pitch. And then one, one, he comes again, throws a fastball, like lowing in and then and drove the right field. And I remember as soon as I hit, I was like, I might get out, maybe. And then as soon as I saw it clear, I was like, let's go. <laughs> that was like that was my first walk off in pro ball. So that was pretty sweet. That's awesome. But then now as I got to home, as soon as I touched on play, I just remember just getting splashed from the uh, the water cooler. <laughs> I think it was bean too. I was like, damn bro. <laughs> That's awesome. And that goes right back to what you were saying, this whole conversation about pitch recognition and doing your homework and 
it paid off at a very cool point. I'm going to try to find that was, it. That was a great game. So I think we were down nine to two or like going into the seventh or something like that. We scored, we hit like three homers. Actually, I think we hit four in the last two innings. It was crazy. Yeah. Okay. I found it. So this is from somebody that actually works for the Fresno Grizzlies. Big fan. He's out here. I don't know if you, I know you're on your phone, but can you see that? You can't see part. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So it's about 40 seconds long, but just so you get a fan reaction of your, your walk off here. Let's see how this, let's see how this works out. Never done this before. Come on, Grant. Come on, Grant. Let's go. <laughs> Damn, that's pretty sweet. You took your time around on the bases. <laughs> yeah, I did a little bit. I had to soak it in. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, dude. And there's the mom. <laughs> yeah, you made some nights, man. Yeah, that was a good day to do it on. I think there was like 10,000 people there, too. That was great. July 4th weekend. Yeah, I read something that was the biggest crowd for Fresno this season, and you decided to hit a walk-off for everybody. Yeah, it was a good timing. Yeah, it's pretty dope. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for spending your late morning with us, and uh, keep doing your thing. We'll keep rooting for you in Spokane, and hopefully... Enjoy your off day. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. See ya. Thank you. Later, Grant. Have a good day. You too. Thank you for tuning in. Find more content at BlakeStreetBanter.com.